Welcome to episode 103, Realm 6 of our series, This Part, Intimacy and MS. We're really excited to be joined by the fabulous Roxanne Chanel Murray, who's also the host of the podcast, Sipping Tea with Roxy. Roxanne is an English MS warrior and fashion stylist. She advocates for the visibility of people of color in the UK to be included in the MS narrative. The following content is intended for a mature audience only. Please be advised that the podcast is meant for entertainment purposes. We do not endorse or promote products. The Myelin and Melanin podcast discusses the life experiences of the hosts and their guests. Each guest that appears consents to sharing their personal story and experience. If you have questions regarding your sexual health, please consult your medical team. Also, the Myelin and Melanin podcast is not a substitute for therapy. We are not providing medical, psychological, or religious advice whatsoever. Should you become pregnant, it's not our fault. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Myelin and Melanin podcast. I'm Dawn. And I'm Dana. We are two Black women sharing our musings on life, MS, and everything in between. You can find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're a fan of the podcast, please consider supporting us through our Patreon. Patrons gain exclusive access to bonus content, giveaways, myelin and melanin merchandise, and more. Our Patreon can be found at patreon.com forward slash myelin melanin. We also want to give a special thanks to our music producer, Shah Severe, for providing our podcast music over the past three seasons. Hi, Roxanne. Thank you so much for joining us again. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. No problem. So listeners, Roxanne actually joined us earlier in the season. She was on episode 87. So please, when you have time, check out episode 87 to hear about her MS story. Uh, But with that said, we're going to dig right into intimacy. So before we dig in even further, Roxanne, we've got two questions to ask you. Um, The first question is... Is there a song that kind of gets you in the mood? Or what song would you choose? Oh, that yeah. is a deep question. Right? Oh. It's a big question. <laughs> I remember, I mean, obviously, we all love The Pony by Jenny. Uh, we love that. Oh, that yeah. Gets yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I like a little bit of suave music. Put some Latin music on. Ooh. Something like with a sultry vibe. I'm like totally into that. Like set the mood yeah yeah like french cafe music something that feels like oh. arty and sexual yeah all about so the weirder the better and i don't know i also love oh my god okay so i don't have a song but i have a vibe obviously and <laughs> i love like drums like african drums Ooh, like so yeah many i'm all about that to get me in the mood that's how you get me in the mood. like a beat yeah yeah got it Okay. Yeah. All right. So fantastic. Now moving on a little bit. So what does 
democracy mean to you? So it's a huge word. And I think, you know, many people have many different ideas of what it means, but what does intimacy mean to you? Intimacy to me means deep connection. Mm. It means bearing my soul mm. to another person. That can be a partner, a friend, or even a family member. When mm. I feel intimate with someone i feel like i'm giving you the details about myself or letting you in to the space of my body with mm. full love belief connection and trust more mm. than anything mm. keyword trust yeah that's yes. huge and it it's something is. that we will probably get into later on in the conversation yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about, or talking a lot with people who do intimacy work. And most recently we talked with a dom or dominatrix, Mistress Magenta, and she has MS. She, oh, wow. yeah, she's, she's, she's amazing. We love her. Um, we love every, all of our guests, but yeah, she, <laughs> she, she, she opened our eyes yes. to the world of kink. So we wanted, Yeah. And, and kink seems to be kind of out of the realm of possibility for people who have MS, but clearly that's just not, not the case. Right. Right? Yeah. Definitely um, not the case. <laughs> I'm so glad that you said that and you seem like super enthusiastic to right. talk about it. And um, we wanted to know what has been your experience, if any, with the kink community? Oh, okay. So for me, <laughs> I love BDSM. I love kink. I've always been fascinated by it. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it started with fashion because obviously I done clothes and stuff and I mm -hmm. started getting into like latex and I realized that I love the feel of latex on the body. It's quite mm -hmm. sexual and incredible actually. So I started going to a lot of events that either sold latex and sex toys or mm -hmm. I'd go to like, I don't know if you have it in America, but I think you do. It's called Torture Garden. It's like an event where people go that like kinky things. You can go and be tied up, spanked. Mm -hmm. um, there's like multiple rooms where people have intercourse together and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So I kind of just started exploring that life and realized that actually I loved it. I'm not straight mm -hmm. anyway. So mm -hmm. I've never really, I've been open about sex my whole life, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I've always liked to explore it and like, I always want to know the new thing or right. someone's a new toy. I'm like totally into finding out all those things about it. So for mm -hmm. me, BDSM is empowering, actually. Mm -hmm. Really empowering. Mm -hmm. And in the same breath, I find it very intimate because I'm like almost given the keys of my car to someone else. Mm -hmm. In something like this. Yeah. So how did you become, well, you did kind of explain how you became involved and that was through your work um, and with fashion and things like that. But did you always kind of know that this was like a path that you would want to go down or that just I... seeing the latex sparked something? Well, I was a terrible child. I'm not a terrible child. Probably a better <laughs> but like, I was a child that was up late at night when I shouldn't have been. And gotcha. I used to like sit at home. I think it was Channel 4. It could have been Channel 5 on the English TV. And I could sit there and watch copious amounts of Euro trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and Eurotrash, you'd see like um, people dogging, you'd see like orgies, all these things. Like, uh-huh. And like, you couldn't see when you were 11, but obviously right, right. I was like really into it. I went to see it, my eyes were like open and bright. I was just like, oh my God, there's this other world because people around me were kind of prudish or mm. it's like they had sex, but they wouldn't talk about sex. And I kind of find it weird because then I'd see things, I'd want to conversate with people, but I realized mm. that people do not like to talk about sex. And I used to right. find that really weird because it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it's the only reason why any of us are here. Right. So there's that. And from that, I always kind of realized that I liked different things or at least was intrigued by them mm-hmm. and that probably made me realize that I wasn't straight because I was like mm. oh it's not guys so I was like guys are great and everything but have you seen these beautiful women like right these beautiful non-binary people transgender mm-hmm. have you seen these people they're gorgeous mm-hmm. why wouldn't I want to be in connection with those people why wouldn't I want to be intimate with those people so I realized that that I was pansexual, which is the term now, but mm-hmm. when I was like 11, 12 and stuff, I didn't really know what you call that. Right. I was like, I think I love everyone. <laughs> that was my thing. Right. Yeah. 90s children, I mean, saying that you love everyone in the world just seemed kind of normal. Right. Right. Has you know? it gotten in the way of the, the desire or the pleasure seeking in the BDSM or kink world? For you um yeah I'm not as active um outside of my own household um sometimes obviously from just how I feel in myself mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily feel always up to want to go that far in myself mm-hmm. even in my own relationship sometimes mm-hmm. it does get a bit vanilla if as vanilla as it can be because right. of who I am but um right sometimes I just not fully in that mode but mm. I don't know it's probably like a 70% on 30% probably not in the mood right with me but I find time for it when I can you know we we've spoken with other people like I said in this intimacy doing the intimacy work and in the you know world of of helping people work through whatever it is that they would like to seek in terms of pleasure. And a lot of people have MS and some people who don't. But if I find that communication has been such a big part of this, like help, helping you to connect with your partner. So do you think that, like, do you have this open communication with your partner or partners in terms of like, if you don't feel well, if you're having an MS day? Oh, absolutely. I mean... I've been lucky enough, like, obviously, I was visually diagnosed at 18. I've had MS officially since I was, like, 26. Mm-hmm. So I already had a partner. Um, my partner's trans, a trans woman. Mm-hmm. So we've always had open communication because we've had to, even just right. to openly accept, accept ourselves mm. and then each other. I've kind of had to. Um, so I'm very much like, I can't do it today. I can't, or mm-hmm. we can, but I need this, or we can do this. And intimacy for me comes in multiple levels anyway. It doesn't always mm-hmm. have to be course or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So we're just seeing yeah. conversation mm-hmm. is absolutely key. 
Um, Because even if you don't have MS, maybe you don't want to do that anyway. Maybe you just want like 20% of what that is deemed to be. So I'm very, you know, straight laced. So if I don't want to do something, I will just stay. And if I want something else or I do really want to do something that's not happening, then I'm also going to stay because I just think for everyone, it's fair, you know, right. to know whether you're receiving pleasure as much as they want to know whether they're giving pleasure. Mm-hmm. So I think conversations on all levels is the best thing. Like just, I know it's not easy. And I know sometimes right. it can be embarrassing with MS, like right. depending on what is causing you to feel like that. I mean, at points, my blood has been, incredibly annoying it's been the bait of my life at points and sometimes you don't feel so cute you know right and right like, oh, maybe not yep. today babe the blood's gone a bit weird so right I right have to be open for my own sanity in a sense um uh-huh. you know and share share that because I don't want to be intimate with someone that's not okay with me being me unapologetically right. on all levels including whether I need to go for a wee half I mean I've had sex and been like hold on hold on hold on I need to toilet like do you know what I mean right, like, right. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't want to sit there just letting that happen and not say anything right and feel embarrassed to be able to go I'm sorry we have to stop because of this or because this is actually now mm-hmm. getting painful or I actually can't move like that's happened before yeah. like yeah had a spasm and then can't move my leg <laughs> right yeah yeah which is where trust comes in and that's been another theme of ours and that's come into play in a lot of our conversations yes yeah I mean it sounds like and I I guess you can answer this but do you think trust is more important when adding chronic illness in you know what I mean like yeah you don't want to be embarrassed if you have to stop and you have an incontinence issue and you're like I have to run to the restroom I'm gonna lose it right here i mean you or if you do lose it right there yeah you know i right. mean you can't always help it right um trust is absolutely the main thing i think also like who wants to get sexy with someone or who even wants to give like for me as a woman i think um especially if someone is putting something inside of me um uh-huh. to me that's intimate in itself i'm letting you inside of my body and in turn yeah. for me it's like you're inside of my soul so right. I don't really want that person to be in that space with me if you can't accept me at every level. And that includes mm-hmm. my it includes embarrassing moments. I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. I have a partner that loves me. I've like had moments where I've wet myself mm-hmm. in public. And they still be like, no, you're still sexy to me, babe. And I've been like, oh, God, I love hey. you. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> what more could you ask for? Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You said something that also I think Sarah may have mentioned, and Sarah Youngblood is one of our previous guests um, that wrote an article in the Huffington Post about bondage, and um, we've spoken about that a lot, so you all can definitely check out her episode. But you said that sometimes, I think you said something about intimacy is not always like sexual or something. I think you just said that, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but she was saying that as well and then she also added in a later episode that that actual intercourse isn't like or what did she say Dana help me out because I'm having an MS moment but she said that <laughs> sex 
isn't always intercourse. That's what she said. Right. Sex isn't always intercourse. And so oh, that's look. kind of what, what you were saying. You know what I mean? Like if, if you it just be, sit there. Yeah. It doesn't have to be full intercourse. It can be connection. It can be touching. Right. It can mm-hmm. be sensual. Like I think I would advocate for MS to like tantric sex. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Learn it. Mm-hmm. You can know about it. Um, look at sensations and feelings doesn't have to be penetration like you mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. have to penetrate have sex like you can have mental sex you can have um sensual sex you can just have oral sex like there's so many yeah. levels that you don't have to feel the pressure of full intercourse mm-hmm. i think she's absolutely right in that i think some people don't necessarily know that or take that on board um mm-hmm. they get kind of frightened of like even taking sex on board with a disability mm-hmm. i get a lot of right. people that message me and i have no sensation at all mm-hmm. or too much sensation when it comes to the sex and they go i don't even know how to talk to my partner about this i don't know how to navigate this i don't even know how to help myself like and i um advocate self-love mm-hmm. <laughs> quite often mm-hmm. I sit yeah. by toys. Um, a few people say it, but I agree. Maybe from my lesbian days, I think it's like the best thing you can buy is the wand. Um, I think, uh-huh. I think in America you call it a Japanese wand. We just call it a sexual wand. <laughs> it's still vibrating. Wand. <laughs> yeah, because um, it's intense and it plugs inside the wall, and uh-huh. it can stimulate you. But that's not intercourse. But I'm telling right. you, like for most people, that's way more pleasurable than any intercourse is going to give you having that and even giving that and placing that in someone else's hand and right. being like hey i trust you with this sexual device mm-hmm. get me off that's mm-hmm. still intimacy that's still sexual mm-hmm. but there's no penetration. i think it's it, creative too it is and empowering yeah yeah For have you, you yeah have either one of you have you uh, you all ever had like a fear of getting intimate with anybody because of your MS? Like after your diagnosis, you're like, okay, I have this now. And maybe you're dating someone. I mean, do you ever have that like before, moment of reluctance? Before I knew I had MS, they thought I had lupus. And in that time, um, a lot of effects had affected my body. I'd blown up. I just wasn't walking. I had foot throb and stuff. And mm. I just became so internal that I just really couldn't for a long while. Like I just, I didn't like myself. Like I just mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't want to see myself naked. I didn't want to look at my body because I just felt so disconnected and I was angry of it. And I was like, well, you don't love me body. So how can I love you kind of scenario? Right. So right. I had to go through a lot of healing to be able to get back to that place where I felt it was okay to share that. It's only later on that they labeled that as MS for me. Right. But it made sense when I got that label. I was like, oh, okay, so I wasn't being weird. I was definitely going through, obviously, MS depression at the same time right. as going through MS triggers and symptoms and situations. Mm-hmm. Right. I have a question, Roxanne. So you had mentioned earlier in the conversation how you are into BDSM. And um, you know, Don had referenced a conversation that we had with um, Sarah Youngblood, um, who had wrote an article about uh, rope play and bondage. And she talks about 
bonded. She doesn't have MS, but she is disabled. And she talks about the idea that bondage for her is dating. Do you relate to that as somebody who's in, you know, who is interested in BDSM? Is bondage and rope play and that kind of aspect of kink, is that something that you view as liberating? I think it's liberating. Okay. I think for me, I think I find it liberating because I'm relinquishing control. Yeah. Yeah. In a way that maybe I don't always feel like in my everyday life that I can do. Yeah. I think my body is something I'm constantly like aware of and I'm always aware of my surroundings and my situations. And I always feel like I have to be strong or mm-hmm. on point and maybe too much. And I think sometimes with bondage and rope play and being blindfolded and tied, mm-hmm. you're, you're literally relinquishing control. Yes. And I find that empowering. And actually, I find that in makes my orgasm and my sexual interaction way more heightened uh, and intense. Uh-huh. And for me, pleasurable. So I would think, I think um, it's massively empowering. I haven't done any like chair play things like that which i know uh, a lot of disabled people do do um uh, for many different reasons um but the, the levels that i do go to i definitely find them empowering for me um whether that's with my personality or whether that's mm-hmm. just my ability i just feel like it just allows me to not be in control all the time which i always really feel like i am actually it, it's such a, a fascinating concept because you know the idea of being in control by being not in control by relinquishing control it's such a such an important and fascinating um concept because you know as people with ms we don't have control over so many things as it relates to our bodies but to be able to say this do this do that tie me up don't tie me up that's a massive amount of control in a situation where we have very little. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just think like, that's such an important topic. It's like controlling your lack of control, yes. which I don't get to do in a hospital room. Like mm-hmm. I have yes. to do what I'm told. Yep. But I'm telling you to tell me not to be in control right. is kind of cool. It yeah. is. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Thank you wow. so much for Thank this, Roxanne. Yeah. Yes, for your vulnerability and honesty. And right? this is important. And, you know, we hope that through this series that conversations like these can be normalized because people no, just don't want to talk about sex and yeah, I mean, all of these things. I don't, I can't remember ever having conversations about this. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever had these conversations? I don't think I'm alone in that. No, I, it's yet. <laughs> I think what you guys are doing is so important. I do. I speak to so many other people chronic illnesses and MSs, and they always go to me, Rock, you speak all the time. Like, you're so mm. open with what you say. And I go, we have to be. Like, how do I change that for someone else if I'm going to stay, like, shut down and keep it all inside me I yes. will talk about anything and everything and share it because I want to normalize it for everyone yes feel like it's okay to be vulnerable and to share parts of yourself and also embrace parts of yourself so thank you both seriously for doing this 
this is incredible. Thank you. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And I think it's important for people with chronic illnesses and disabilities to feel like there's still a place for you. Where wherever you are in your journey, yes, there's a place for you. It's not too late. It's yeah, and you're yeah. not abnormal for even wanting to be in a place. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Human, just like the rest of us, right? Yes, and we all deserve to have access to pleasure. Period. Yes. Yeah, yes. even more so sometimes with chronic illness. Like yes, right. It's exactly. an outlet. Yeah, it is. It's not just when we had uh, this conversation with another one of our guests, Emily Royce, pleasure is not an after, it shouldn't be an afterthought that you, it's just, you deserve it. You need it. It's just one of your daily life activities to be able to have access to pleasure, period. Yeah, I agree. And that's, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Roxanne. Where can people uh, find you online? Um, find me online. The best place to find me is on Instagram at Multiple Sclerosis Fashionista. Um, I'm there all the time. <laughs> Great. And we know that you're going to be starting a podcast. So is that going to be available wherever you find podcasts? Yes, it's going to be available on all podcast platforms. And I just started Instagram for that at Spilling Tea with Roxy. And that should be launched mid-September. Perfect. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thanks again. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Myelin and Melanin podcast. You can always find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. You can always subscribe to us on YouTube. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.